Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Hello, this is Ken Rashawn on Amplifluence, Amplified Radio, and we are in Voice America. And big props to Jeff Spinard, who's looking down on us every single show and giving us all the downloads so we can actually make the world more inspiring and impact the world with, are you ready for this, Nathan? Nay-nays. Nay-nays. <laughs> Not bananas. Nay-nays. <laughs> Not bananas. Nay-nays. So, Nathan <laughs> Cook, how are you today? Absolutely fantastic. It's always a great day to be on the side of the grass. It is, isn't it? Some people don't actually take that into account. You know, they 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 reach for a complaint or they reach for something that doesn't serve the gratitude moment. And I wrote this and I it needs a little work, but I, I, I wanted to I wanted to read it to you raw and just have you respond. I mean, this is this is so unorthodox to do this, right? Should I be should I be holding onto my desk here? To like, well, I kind of think you waiting should. for the waiting for the jabs. No, it's not, <laughs> nothing like that. But no, in all seriousness, you said I've never, I haven't really heard anyone say it on my show. I'm on the other side of the grass. And so it made me think about something that I walked. I walked a couple miles and I thought about this thought. And so I wrote it down when I got home. And it is called the gift of a day. So every day is a gift. We do not know how many we will receive. So choose to give gratitude for every moment you have, especially with loved ones. When you complain, you express your dissatisfaction with this gift of a day and the value of the time. A complaint is the enemy of a smile and will have a ripple effect, the opposite of a smile. It will push people away and make them sad. They are not enough of a gift to be focused on and cherished. Choose happiness and you choose to enjoy the gift of a day and you can do something great and meaningful with this time. Time is perishable and tends to spoil the next moment and so on until it is embraced as priceless. The challenge is to show God the love and value you see in this gift, dot, 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 life, Dr. Smiley. And I do not do this very often, but you said that today and it's like mimicking how I felt yesterday. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you hit it right on the head that many people do not understand the gift that they're given every single day. You and I were given a gift and it's, it's not a gift of being able to walk. It's not a gift of being able to, you know, speak. It's a gift of breath to enjoy everything around you, whether, whether you're stuck inside with a bunch of people or whether, you know, on, on a mountaintop experience, you have that opportunity to experience life. And there's, there's, there's such a few moments that you get in life when you really look at the grand scheme of life. Uh, you only get so much time. You know, it's funny because right after I said, you know, this side of the grass, um, I, I was reminded of a, a good friend of mine, and I've been working this into when people ask me how I'm doing. He always says, "Full of joy." His his world could be crashing down, and I know it is at times. <laughs> and he looks at me, says, "Full of joy." Huge smile on his face, and that's because he chooses to look at life full of joy, just like I choose to enjoy life on this side of grass of the grass, knowing that, well, you know what, this, this side of the grass is temporary and the other side is, is permanent. 
Well, I just came up with a new one today, and I'm, I'm, I've gotten two really positive reactions to it, and it, it's it's so Dr. Smiley-esque, I think I'm going to embrace it and adopt it as my new response. Are you ready for it? So say, how are you doing? Right. How are you doing? Swimming. Sorry, how are you doing? Swimming in smiles. Swimming in smiles. Ooh, it just makes me <laughs> makes me feel like I'm in the deep end, drowning in your in your happy-go-lucky charm. Well, I asked my son this question the other day, and the reason I didn't read your bio is for several reasons. Larry King uh, had this rule that he would not read or research or do anything so that he could have a raw and uh, exciting, unanticipated, creative show, and it worked. And so I want to say yeah. that. I'm doing a lot of things unorthodox today, um, so I want to I want to play this out and see how you how you react to it, and also what you think at the end of the show. So, I asked my son this question. He's turning ten. He has his tenth book coming out, and it's a, it's our first AI book. But I asked him, "Can you think of ten things, ten times in your life that are special?" Because that's how he became who he is. And I'll tell you number one, but I want to do this to you. I want to say, can you pick five? Because that'll tell who you are. And so I want you to think five five moments in your life that really cause you to be who you are today and will tell the audience a lot more than a bio would. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100% agree. Okay. So my son's favorite day of his entire life is last year around November, he got, he got a an email with a link that he could cash a receive a $1,000 Amazon card for his finishing the top boy scout selling $8,500 for the popcorn. And I mean, I didn't know that that would be number one. I, I can think of so many other days I would have predicted would be number one for him, but he said, <laughs> so, you know, if you were to analyze that, that means that <clears throat> boy scouts means a lot to him, him competing and winning and his entrepreneurial or sales experience uh, was was successful. I mean, that, those are things that actually I got out of that. And like distant, like distant fourth was his first book he did. <laughs> so, so he's got his tenth book coming out. He's, like number four was I did a I did a joke book, Daddy. That was my that was that was on Amazon. So that was like number four. Anyway, are you? Oh, I just realized something. He said Amazon twice within three or four of them. That's that's impact. That's, that's a lot of impact. Hopefully, hopefully he's getting royalties for that too. <laughs> I hope so. So <laughs> Amazon, so, Amazon, Amazon. There's a dose of hope book that's going out to millions. We hope 20 million or more. And it's kind of a Ted talk where we ask, who are you, Nathan? Why are you Nathan? And how are you Nathan? And to expand on that, who are you Nathan is how did you become who you are? Why are you Nathan is what is your purpose? And how are you Nathan? How do you impact the world with being Nathan? Got it? Hmm. So yeah, I like that. So we're going to work the first part of the chapter. And that way, when you actually do the chapter, you can either borrow this interview or we can transcribe it. But uh, I'm excited to hear. Uh, name yeah. five things, tell the story as you wish, but uh, take take some minutes and let the audience know who you are. Yeah. So uh, my name is Nathan Cook. I uh, grew up in uh, Oregon. Uh, many of you will know Eugene, Oregon, home of Prefontaine, uh, the amazing runner, which I didn't know until many, many years uh, later. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I grew up, I grew up uh, in Eugene. I was the youngest of four kids. And, you know, one of, one of the memories that impacts me most um, 
I don't know if it's a specific memory, but maybe it's a, a culmination of memories of uh, not getting away with things. Uh, I, I remember a specific uh, memory of of me and my brother, and my mother had these really cute little porcelain dolls. She used to collect them, and she'd put them around the house. And I don't remember what I was doing. I broke one. Okay, I admit it. I I broke it first time in the history on any show. I, I'm admitting this, Mom. I, I'm sorry, I lied. And so my mother came in. You know what happened? And I pointed at my brother and I said, "He did it. Nice. Isaac did it." <laughs> now, um, to give you a little bit of a greater understanding, my my brother ha- has Down syndrome, and so his ability to respond in that moment was not up to par to me. Now, I'm the youngest. My brother's older than me. Yeah, um, but you and so I thought, Nathan, you could have actually said when she questioned it later. You could have said, I, I didn't say Isaac. I said, Isaiah did it. Isaac did it. Isaac did it. <laughs> Isaac did it. Yeah. Well, so so it's interesting. So that happened. And then fast forward a few weeks later, my brother broke one. My mother comes in, you know, what, what happened in here? My brother looks at me and says, he did it. Now, how do you compete with your brother who's Down syndrome telling your mother that you're the one that did it. who's going to be believed here no, it was not you, me yeah, let's, was, let, let's just fast forward and I, and I will say it was it was a moment in my life where i realized that position was not going to get me anywhere like it, it wasn't going to be me being you know uh you know smarter than anyone else it was it was me being honest and, and coming forth right so that i think that's uh really a big moment in my life of, of realizing my relationship with my brother uh, of kind of how the world works you know there was another time later on that i i won't get too into but my brother was being bullied in a in a in a uh we were at a pool and he was getting changed and there were a bunch of people making fun of him it was the first time i was ready to throw down in my life it was it was pretty intense like i was you know there was like six of them and they're all way older than me and i was just ready to go you know to my brother's defense but there was there was a moment at that point where I realized that my relationship with my brother had changed because instead of looking at my brother with spite and not liking my brother, it went to to defending my brother, my own, my blood. Um, so that was that was definitely a, a huge uh, piece in my upbringing was uh, having a brother with a disability who um, I got to grow up with, uh, learning how to care for others who maybe aren't in the exact same place as I am. And uh, another, uh, your only, yeah, other brothers, no sisters. So two, uh, I have one brother, two sisters, all older than me. Um, I was, I was the the child that uh, was the dress up doll at one point in life, which, you know, we won't go into how that played a part in my life, but no. <laughs> um, so that that was a huge piece of my upbringing, my identity. You know, later on, I would go to work with uh, people who had disabilities. And helping them overcome those disabilities in everyday activities, such as whitewater rafting or kayaking or climbing or riding bikes, um, all of those fun things that we get to enjoy and we don't think about um, from someone, you know, not being able-bodied. My black belt, uh, the night uh, after my pre-black belt test really shows up in my mind, actually, at the moment. Uh, That night, so... for context, you you do a pre-test the night before the actual test to see if you're ready, to see if you're good enough. And 
I remember going through the test. I, I received an elbow. My partner elbowed me in the face. <laughs> You're not supposed to knock out your partner. <laughs> I don't think he got that memo. <laughs> um, so I survived an elbow and I thought, oh, this is great. This is really awesome. So I was super excited. I, I jumped. Uh, I'm running down the stairs. It was like three flights of stairs. And I'm going down the stairs and I jumped on the last, the second to last stair, landed and landed directly on my ankle. This is the night before my test. <laughs> and I hobbled over to my ca- my car and, I, you know, um, my parents drove me home and I was like, oh, devastation, devastation. Um, it's over for me. <laughs> I trained so many years of my life and it's over, right? And I remember showing up the next morning, fighting through that pain and realizing that I could persist through pain. That was that was a memorable moment for me. Uh, throughout my entire life, I'm sure many of you can relate with this, but there's moments of pain where you don't feel like you want to keep going. You want to quit yeah, because not, the I'm pain feels like it's too much. Yeah, I'm not trying. I know. Like, <laughs> you just, you don't look like Ken without having pain. <laughs> no, I, Wait, no, I, that was supposed to be the other way around. You don't look like Ken <laughs> if you've had pain. Well, I find, I find the more you smile, the less pain you seem to have. That's true, actually. It and it's kind of an endorphin rush of re- releasing endorphins into your life to go, hey, you know what? It's not so bad. But well, I've, I've seen that show up in many aspects of my life where well, things let's go start to, to get let's hard. Go to, let's go back to Prefontaine for a second. Yeah. Because he's, he's an example of someone that endured lots of pain. Yeah. I mean, he, he ran with blood. I mean, do you see the movie? He, there's two movies. I have not seen the movie, no. Okay, I'd like to take a deep dive into the show and talk about the movie for about 30 minutes. Okay, let's go. <laughs> um, I would like you to watch it. It's a great movie. Yeah. There's, there are two versions, much like the Steve Jobs. There's, there are two versions. They're both done really with a unique uh, perspective. One's better for one reason, one's better for another. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it blew me away um, how talented that guy was. Amazing. So I thought but there's a, there's a mentality behind that though, right? It, it's, sure. There's a mentality of never quit, never give up. Doesn't matter what happens to you. Like I remember I was a wrestler in high school for, for a good two years. And then I got wise. Uh, <laughs> but for those two years, I, I always remember wise, my coach, or you became wise guy. Uh, maybe a little bit of both, <laughs> but I, I remember uh, my, my coach saying uh, you, you do not leave this room. No one leaves the room unless you've fainted, puked, or are bleeding. And I remember that very. I was like, "Oh wow! Like this is this is a little intense for a for a wrestling sport. Aren't we supposed to go home after this, coach?" <laughs> and you went two but, years. <laughs> and I went. That was that was the last two years. I, we won't talk about the first two years. Right. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's that that spirit, that mentality has truly gone before me in life of, of realizing that no matter how painful it is, you just have to keep pursuing. Like the, the pain is temporary, right? At the end of the day, temporary, the, the pain is temporary and it helps you get to where you need to go. Ultimately mm-hmm. pain actually makes us better in the end. Uh, I don't know a single person that, you know, hasn't had pain and they're like, well, you know, life is just absolutely amazing. Uh, I don't, I don't need any challenges in my life. Well, I want, I want to speak to that because my son was wearing an Orioles hat for his school picture and yeah. wouldn't take it off. And I mean, I'm, I'm doing something really kind of 
dastardly right now. I'm, I'm spilling some beans here. I don't know if I have permission to do that, but here we go. Um, so he loves this Orioles hat and he wears it every day to school and he won't let anyone see his hair and his hair is kind of long and not like mine, a little different. And uh, yeah, he, if it was that long, I mean, that'd be probably, probably a problem. I'll send you the picture afterwards and I, I, I might even post the picture, but at on school picture day, you know, you don't wear a hat. You, you look like yourself normally without a hat. Yeah. Maybe your hair, your hair has combed a little better. He, he made a statement by the way he was being that they never made him take the hat off. So I sent, I sent um, the picture to the Orioles and I said, I don't think you'll find another kid in the state of Maryland that demanded that they wore their, the Orioles hat on picture day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, my wife said something very funny though. She says, uh, Ken, if the Orioles like the story and they go with it, Ken doesn't know anything about the Orioles. And I went, I went, uh-oh. So <laughs> that night, Kenny and I. The truth drilled. is coming out. <laughs> yeah, that night, Kenny and I drilled Orioles trivia. And, you know, there's all these amazing players from the Orioles. I don't, I don't know if you follow baseball, but Orioles had quite a handful of legendary baseball players. Well, mm-hmm. one of them is, are you ready for this? Are you ready? I'm ready. Cal, Cal Rip. Ken, and they always say Ken loud at the end, Cal Rip Ken, like that. Anyway, you know, he's the Iron Man. Yeah. He's the guy who did 3,000 games in a row straight. Whatever it was, it was a lot. It, he, yeah. he didn't just break the record, he blew past the record. But there was a 20 minute documentary about this, and they said that he and Lou Gehrig had the highest thresholds of pain. I believe it. And Lou Gehrig was the only person that he beat. I mean, it was holding the record before. They said Lou Gehrig's record would never be beaten. So I say that from a standpoint that it is interesting that pain is a condition that you yeah. decide whether you will tolerate it or you'll give up. And would you? Well, and I think there's there's actually a third there's a third category there too: tolerating it, giving up, and there's loving it. Ah, yes. Like, like, the, it's, so it's funny because I was, I was writing about this a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to my wife about it because, uh, I'm, I'm an instructor with a company called Deep End Fitness where we, we essentially it's, it's, uh, like CrossFit underwater. So it's, it's a pretty amazing uh, workout. It's a great sport, um, when you're doing underwater torpedo league. And so I became an instructor, a certified instructor with this company. And one of the nights after a workout where I was just dead and tired, I, remember coming home, writing out, and I, and I, it came to this realization, I love the pain. Hmm. Maybe it's not a love. I enjoy the pain. I don't love the pain, but I enjoy it because there's something about enjoying the pain makes me realize that something good is going to come on the other side of it. When you get a really good workout where you're dying, man, like, it it really just amplifies what you're doing because you start working harder knowing that you're going to get a greater gain at the end, knowing that you're pushing yourself. And thank you for saying so, that. Thank you for saying amplify. You're welcome. I, I tried to slide it in there. <laughs> By the way, my, so, my, my son played a trick on me the other day with pain. Yeah? He, yeah, he came up to me. He says, hey, Daddy, uh, I, I'd like to do a contest with you. And he knows I'm kind of competitive. So he says, let's see you know, who can hit the other the softest. And so I, he goes, you, you go first. 
Worst game ever to play with Ken. Just, yeah, just saying. No, I did it so soft on Kenny's shoulder. He, he could barely feel it. And he went like this. He went, hmm, not bad, daddy. Okay. And then he goes and hits me completely as hard as he could. Knocks me over. And I had to go to the hospital. And uh, he says, you won, daddy. <laughs> I'm glad you told it that way and not the other way around. <laughs> Can I just oh take my gosh. say that you look really pretty? Thank you. I I really wanted to be pretty for you. I I I don't always look this pretty. I put so much makeup on. This isn't even how I look. You wear jackets most <laughs> of the time when you uh, are on shows. Uh, when I'm on shows, yeah, I try to. Sometimes this I don't do jackets. First time. first first time wearing really? a jacket. First time, but it looks good on you. This is also the first time I've had a guest that had a jacket on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, should I be taking my clothes off here? You know, you, what kind of show is this? <laughs> you, have, you have stepped up this game. I mean, you have amplified the dress code. <laughs> well, you know, you got to come with the right amplitude in order to match the host. <laughs> so, so definitely my relationship with my brother, getting my black belt was one. Um, I think another, another one would be when my first child was born, my daughter. It's going to sound really strange. It wasn't holding my daughter. Um, well, that was wonderful and great. Don't get me wrong. Um, it was, it, there was a moment where I was in awe of my performance as a husband. There was a moment where, um, I felt like I did my job to perfection. Hmm. Like at one point I was like, man, uh, why are we even paying these nurses? I'm doing everything myself. You know, I'm giving my wife back support. I'm feeding her ice chips and throwing them in her mouth. And I'm, you know, sque she's squeezing my hand off. And like, uh, I'm doing all of these things. And at the end of it, like, there was a moment where my mother actually looked at me and she's like, wow, I was really surprised by how you showed up. I, you know, you're always so silly and so funny. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't realize how good of a husband you were. And there was a moment right there. There was, I wouldn't say it was a, maybe it was a little bit of pride, but there was a joy moment in that going, I worked hard. I showed up for my spouse. I was there. And so that, that was probably is a really uh, powerful, impactful one for me because it's a reminder of, I always want to show up in support of those that I love and I care about like you. I always want to show up and, tell people how much I love Ken and how amazing Ken is. And, and if you don't reach out to Ken and talk to Ken, then you're, you must have some issues up in the noggin up here. Well, I, I want to say this in, I guess the most delicate way. Now that I'm a little jealous because I, I've only known you to be serious and I've never seen a playful and humorous and comedic side of you. I'd, I'd like to get to know that person. Well, <laughs> I will try to do my best, but I can't. Thank say you. that it's going to happen today. Thank you for trying, by the way. Um, I really. We have a minute or two till we have to go on break. So tell tell us something else to wrap up. Not necessarily the who you are, but just to wrap up that part of it. Not necessarily the who I am kind of thing. Yeah, you can do, um, you can do that, or you can whatever. It's a, it's a free. I'm taking up your time. <laughs> if I explain no, no, it too no, no, much no. more, I'm, you're not. I'm going to say, and that's a wrap. Or, well, you know, it's investment of time, right? Yeah. Who I, who I am as a person truly um, 
I'm here for other people. You know, Michelle Moras and I are really good friends, and and many of you who listen to the show probably never know who Michelle it. is. Never, never. And um, there was a moment when we were at a at a conference, and we were doing some pretty intense work, personal work, where a bunch of people had to describe a color that I was, and uh, everyone described me as red. And as they described that color, they described warm and uh, comforting and fire-like. But then there was also this fierceness of the red, specifically that when you get to know me, when you are around me, you become a part of my tribe. You become a part of my family. I fight for you. And it's 100% true. I fight for the people I love. I fight for the people I care about, whether they like me fighting for them or not. <laughs> that's that's another thing. Uh, but who I am as a person, as a coach, as a speaker, uh, as a father, as a husband, at the end of the day, I'm focused on human performance. Like I want everyone to show up as their best. I want to show up as my best. I want to know that I have performed well because at the end of the day, as many of us know, you know, we're going to meet our maker and he's going to say, man, you really missed the mark. Like I gave you everything. Or he's going to look at you and he's going to say, man, Ken, well done, my good and faithful servant. I, I, want, I want my creator to say that of me. And the only way to do that is to show up 100% every single day and helping other people to show up in that same capacity, whether that's in their personal life, whether that's in their professional life, uh, whether that's in their faith. Yeah. Well, um, I will have to say that we have invested and milked the first segment for everything it can be. We're about to go to second segment. So this is Ken Roshan on Voice America Amplified, and we will be back in a minute. Enjoy yourself. Think of some of the amazing things that he's downloading and dropping these nuggets for you. And we'll be back to talk about some really cool things that I saved a couple conversations here for second segment. Unpredictable, I am being. We'll see you in a minute. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at theumbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, hit it. Hit it, Ken. Go ahead. Say it, Ken. Oh, hello. This is uh, Ken Rashawn with Amplified, and we are excited to have our wonderful guest back, Nathan Cook. Uh, Nathan, it's really great to have you on the show. 
So glad to be here. Did I tell you it was going to be a twist or what? So we're going to go back to our original personalities, our original names, just so people do not get too confused here. So this is Ken Rashan with the lovely, amazing, inspirational Nathan Cook, someone I've been excited to have on the show for quite some time. I met him for the first time in January. And why this show is different, Nathan, is normally I call I talk about the power of one. The power of one is a very, very significant meaning to me. It's it's Gandhi-esque in that one person can change the world, but one person can change your life. And mm-hmm. uh, we have a common friend, Dr. Michelle Mraz, and she's changed both of our lives, but she's also changed our lives by putting us together. And so I wanted to yeah. <clears throat> I wanted to give a shout out to Dr. Mraz in all sincerity for all the gifts, but specifically um, her beautiful friend, Nathan Cook, who has proven to be the stand that you say that you are. For someone you care about that's in your tribe so i wanted to acknowledge you for that and i wanted to give you an opportunity to share because i think it was a very humorous story um of your first meeting with michelle <laughs> i don't know that was going to happen <laughs> <laughs> so uh if, if you're familiar with michelle moross just a little back uh backstory here michelle moross uh, she was recovering from a traumatic brain brain injury when i first met her i didn't know that though um, so I was I was a pretty prominent member of uh, what was back then called the John Maxwell team, uh, which is now called Maxwell Leadership, um, and we both were on a on a on a bus from the airport going to the hotel, and everyone's talking, everyone's excited. Oh, are you going to with the event? Are you going to the event? And you know, this is this is like my eighth event that I've gone to, so like this isn't new to me. So I'm just kind of keeping quiet, and I'm I'm just like. Not really going to play that. I've been here a million times, right? And so at one point, Michelle turns to me and she's like, hey, like, are you going to the event? I was like, yeah. So we we kind of talked for a moment. She's like, I'm Michelle. What's your name? And I said, Bartholomew. And the reason I said Bartholomew was because in my head, I was like, what's the most difficult name that I could think of on the spot that I'm not sure if I could actually pronounce it correctly. And Bartholomew, when you look at it, it looks, it looks pretty insane. Right. And she was kind of, she's like, Oh, Oh wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's great. And so we get off the bus, we part ways and a couple of days go, goes past. She's enjoying the conference. She's sitting at her table uh, and, and, uh, I was receiving an award at that conference specifically, and I I got up, and as I was walking up and going across the stage, it said, you know, Nathan Cook. And she's like, what in the world? They messed up his name. That's that's Bartholomew. That's Bartholomew. And everyone at the table is looking at her going, that's Nathan Cook. What are you talking about? (laughs) And for two days, she you know, three days, she was telling everyone that she met about this amazing man. He was so kind and so nice on the bus. His name was Bartholomew. He's a, you know, a member of the John Maxwell team. He's been around for a long time. She'd been telling everyone about this Bartholomew guy. Evidently, it was me. Uh, <laughs> And that's that's how we uh, we first met. You know, I actually didn't even know that Michelle had a brain uh, a traumatic brain injury until uh, probably four or five months later when we were actually at a retreat really? together, uh, yeah. doing some intense uh, personal work, and it, it was it was pretty mind blowing <laughs> how those interactions can truly um, create a connection that lasts a lifetime. Now, had you just read about Ublick? Is that why you came up no. with? No. No. Okay. 
Dr. Seuss reference for those who haven't read the book. It's a, it's based on a true story, by the way. And by the way, if you didn't know, uh, Ken kind of likes books. I mean, he's kind of, he kind of dabbles in them, but you know, he, he has some pretty good recommendations. I can't wait to publish your book, young man. And I say that with, with begging. I'm <laughs> 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 um, speaking of books. I don't think, I don't think I can recall anyone giving a book that was so um, instrumental, so impactful to my son. You sent him the hmm. actual Bible and wow. I mean, he's not through it, but he's well over halfway and he has a um, about 30 things he has to do in this new assignment that I gave him called um, the, the journey of the gentleman or the gentleman's journey. Hmm. So Yes, he, he has to finish that as one of the 30 things to finish the action Bible. But <clears throat> he has thoroughly enjoyed it. It was the perfect gift at the perfect time. He's the right age to absorb it. And he, he clicks out. I mean, he doesn't read every night, but when he does, he reads about 20, 30 pages. And, so, and I, I sit right next to him and enjoy it. So I just want to thank you. That was such a thoughtful gift. And it was the perfect gift to give him. And it's almost a godfather type of gift to give somebody. Yeah, I, I love that he enjoys this. You know, it's so funny because when you sent me a picture of him with the Bible and and what he was, or no, he was he actually it was a it was a video, it was a video or audio. It was one, I think it was a video, and he was telling me how much he enjoyed it. He was telling me about the story that was in it, and as he was telling me the story, I was like, "What in the world is this? Like, what? That's not right. That didn't happen. Like this, but what?" Did I just give him a broken Bible? Like, oh no, I've just, I've just cursed this child. And so like, I'm like, maybe, maybe Ken's just not reading it right. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So I, I had bought an action Bible for our kids a couple of years ago. Evidently an action Bible that's meant for a 12 year old isn't really meant for a, a, a two year old. Uh, so we, we didn't really get into that, especially, you know, when there's the sacrifice area of things that yeah. you know, it's a little bit of a hard topic to talk about. <laughs> But I remember going through it and I'm like, oh my gosh, Kenny is completely right. Like he's he's nailing what this story is about. And I I did I didn't even know. So I got <laughs> schooled by your son. It was pretty amazing. Oh, I, I felt I get pretty schooled. awesome. I get schooled every day by him. Uh and and I'm and I'm very proud of that, by the way. He he knows that I love to learn. And so when he teaches me something, he he's very proud of himself, but he doesn't ever have me feel anything but appreciative. I do want to say one more thing about the Bible, and then I want to get back to how you created your purpose in life. The other thing I want to say about the Bible is we went to the business, uh, and no, we went to the speaker boot camp in Colorado Springs. <clears throat> that was almost a week uh, long, mm -hmm. January, and we got to know each other a little bit. You, I was, I was Mister Joker, and you were like Mister Serious, and I was like, man, does this guy have a personality? It was really weird. Um, I don't know if that's what 100 percent true. I I, I remember I, I Michelle saying, "Hey, I can't put you guys in the same room because all of a sudden we started." Oh, I remember when we had lunch with our names. Do you remember when we had lunch? Yeah. And it was like no one else existed. <laughs> it's like we just go back and yeah, forth. Yeah, I I remember that lunch because we got we got charged triple the amount that we were yeah. supposed to because we couldn't stop saying each other's names in a sentence. That is 100 percent right. But the other thing I want to say about the Bible is, in the last day of that um, speaker camp, you said. Um, you know, this is, this is my Bible. And I said, oh man, that's beautiful. And he goes, yeah, when anyone wants a Bible, I just give it to them. And I said, oh, that's, that's amazing. And he says, yeah, these are really, <laughs> I think I asked you because of the quality of the book, how much it was. And you said, they run around $250, $300. And 
I knew that you were going to say yes when I, I asked you, but I just had to do it anyway. I said, well, can I have that Bible? And you're like, sure, like that. I said, no, I'm not taking your Bible. But um, that's quite a testament. That's quite a testament to who you are. I, I saw, I, I knew you were going to say yes. There was no doubt in my mind you were going to say yes. But what a, what a gift you are to the servant messenger you are. What a gift. Mm. You know, it's funny because after that, uh, when I came back home, I went and purchased a bunch of Bibles because I was like, man, if Ken starts, you know, sharing, sharing that I'm giving out Bibles, expensive Bibles, all of a sudden people are going to be asking me left. Hey, can I have your Bible? Yeah. And and (laughs) you have it embossed, please, with my name. Uh, But I will, I will say I got large print just for you. Did you? Big extra large print. Yeah. That's very kind of you. So why why don't you talk about what you uh, learned and what your experience was at the speaker boot camp? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, the speaker boot camp, um, for me, I, th- I feel like it was a little bit different from most people. Most people were going because they wanted to be on a big spa- stage. They wanted to have that experience. They wanted to experience whether or not they were able to perform at that level, right? Um, and for me, I've, I've performed at that level and greater. Um, you know, I've, I've spoken to crowds of 3,500 before. Um, I've, I've been on high-pressure situations in the past. And for me, uh, it, it's funny because Michelle Michelle invited me to come out, and I said, "Okay, you know, tell me how much it is." And you know, so I get out there, and I didn't know why I was going out there, to be honest, Ken. And, and this is really a testament. You know, you asked me what my purpose is. You know, talking about my purpose, it, it really dives into that specifically because many times in my life, I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. I just know that I'm showing up as who I'm supposed to be. So when my good friend Michelle says, hey, can you come out? I want you here. You're supposed to be here. I say, okay, um, I, I will find a way to get out there. I, I'll, I'll be out there. So I showed up and Michelle had said, oh yeah, you, you're, everyone's going to be speaking for you know seven minutes the first day and 10 minutes the, you know, the second day. And I'm thinking, okay, like, and I kept asking her, well, you know, what do you, what do you, what should we be talking about? And she's like, I just want you to, don't prepare anything, Nathan. I just want you to show up. And I'm like, eh, like, I, I feel like you want me to prepare something. Like, <laughs> you want me to come up with something here. No, 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 no. Just, you just show up as you. And it was funny because um, there was anxiety inside of me because I always want to show up and I want to give my best. And there was, a, there was a moment where I realized that who I am and what I give is my best. Whether whether I'm prepared or not, like there there are obviously opportunities that we can all prepare for moments in the spotlight, moments of speaking to someone's life. But there are, are times where you don't know what you're going to say. You don't know why you're in a specific area, why you're with specific people. But all of a sudden, that moment opens up and you realize the reason why you were there. And why was that? So, uh, the reason why I was there was to confirm my own value of who I was as a person. But, you know, there was a, there was a night where we went to a, a cool little karaoke place and there was a gentleman who owned uh, the karaoke place. It was his last night. They were closing it down and uh, God really pressed upon me that he was the guy I was supposed to talk to on this trip. Hmm. Now I've, I've, I flew out to Colorado for a speaker boot camp with a good friend of mine and God's telling me, hey, you know, this is the guy you're supposed to talk to. I'm like, really? Really? This guy? Okay. Okay. And so I I, I gave him a scripture that I, I felt like was specifically for him. Psalms 20, verse 7. Um, and 
there's just moments in life in my life where I'm called to step forth. I don't know specifically whether or not I'm equipped, but I know that God always covers me in those moments. So, you know, when Michelle uh, announced everyone to get up um, on stage, I actually spoke on stage twice in the same day and I didn't have a speech um, either time that I was about to go up and I got up and I remember speaking the first time and having complete captivity of everyone's eyes. Like everyone was just staring at me mm-hmm. and I was pouring into people. I still remember the message to this day of what it was, but there's those moments where I'm supposed to show up and there's a specific messenger and I become the messenger when it's my time to be the messenger. And it was really great because uh, Michelle, she was giving us all these really great feedback forms of, you know, how we can improve, what we can do better. Um, and if I remember correctly, she wrote, thank you for showing up and being the messenger. Mm. That's awesome. And that's, that's, that's really why I, I went. That's was my purpose in, in going was I was the messenger. There were a couple different messages that needed to be heard. One was about perfection and, uh, and, and how you show up. And the other one is about stepping out and being confident in who you are. Well, I know I'm not being interviewed, but I would like to tell you the reason I, I was supposed to go that I didn't know because Ken, why, why were you, why were you at the speaker boot camp? Because I'm really curious that there, there was a lot of places you could have been. You're a very important guy, but yet, yet you, you were there. Why were you there? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, this is actually- absolutely brilliant. One of the most powerful <laughs> renditions I've ever heard. Amazing. You heard it here. <laughs> so Nathan, actually it was a, a very pivotal, a defining moment for me. Uh, and, I've been to thousands of events. I don't know if it's quite 10,000, but I've been to a lot of events. And when she asked me to come to this event, I I actually had pushback because I had an opportunity to speak on a cruise. And it was, it was a pretty big opportunity. It was 450 of my colleagues in the marketing space. And it really was, God was telling me, you're supposed to go here to have an epiphany or a, um, a shift in your identity, in your identity. So I was known as most event at most events as the guy with the camera, the photographer, and mm-hmm. Michelle wanted me to crush that identity, just remove it. And so she says, "You're not bringing your camera." And I and I brought. I said, "I'm going to bring it. I won't. I won't use it that much." And I didn't use it that much. And <clears throat> she said, "I want you to speak." And she's since told me to go to events just to speak. And so what's happened is I have a voice because of Michelle. I have a voice because mm-hmm. of the identity shift, but also because of how she caused me to appreciate my voice and nurture it and talk from my heart. So that was a big shift for me. And I will tell you, I could have could have gone to this other event and done very well and continued being the identity I was, but this new identity has really caused me to play a lot bigger as a, as a Christian. Well, I think, I think that's a big point though, that many people forget and many people are trying to play apart. They're trying to do something to get somewhere. But in in the actual world that we're living in, what you need to do is you need to understand who you are. You know, there there are great books on on your purpose, on your why. At the end of the day, your why your why is misplaced if you don't know who you are. 
you can come up with a million different whys. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, this is what I, this is my purpose. And people look at you like, yeah, I I think maybe they had a little bit too much reefer uh, (laughs) because they're not really talented in that area. But but at the end of the day, it's about who you are. And, And if you live into that person that you were created to be with every single step, if you step in that direction of who you are, you will be in a greater place than you ever thought possible. Yes. When we hear the Simon Sinek, uh, why conversation, it's brilliant, but there's an assumption that needs to be understood. And the assumption is that the who that is tackling that why has already been defined. And, uh, what I've learned in this pandemic epiphany, where am I going next uh, route is that the bigger your who is the bigger your why can be. And 100%. That is a crazy investment of time and focus and clarity and in, integrity to be honest with yourself. Is this the who that I want to be? Is this the who that I'm comfortable being? Is this the who that um, that I could be? Yeah. Because that's... You know, the crazy thing, Ken, too, is that I think I think that's one of the biggest problems that we see in the world is a, a lack of identity, a lack of people really understanding who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, we we as kids, we need people to come alongside of us to create a, a an atmosphere where we can explore, but we also need someone to come beside us and say, "Take my hand, let me show you." And I think we are living in a culture nowadays where there are fewer and fewer people who truly understand who they are and whose they are. And at one point they get to a place where someone says, well, you got to understand, you know, what's your, you know, what's your purpose? What do you, what difference are you going to make in the world? You got to have significance. And all of a sudden they walk into a huge room full of people and they're just empty because they don't understand who sent them. They don't understand who they are. And it's one of the most powerful things that anyone can do is to work at that identity piece of shaving off all the things that are not you. You know, Ken, yours was your camera. Your camera was a beautiful mask behind who you really are. Your comedy is a, is a beautifully crafted mask of who you are. And as soon as you start breaking that off, when you get to know Ken, when you get to take the camera away and you get one-on-one with Ken, all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, the depth and breadth that this guy has is absolutely fantastic. And so we all have that. We all have those small little things that we put in front of ourselves and the other person so we can have a sense of security because we go, oh, well, if they're going to judge me based off of my camera, if they're going to judge me based off of my bow tie or whatever it is that we that we have in front of us, well, they're not really judging my real personality. They're judging the character that I created, right? It's, yeah. it's a little different. You know, it's, 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 the, it's me when I go and do karaoke and I, I pretend to sing really, sing really badly so that if someone makes fun of me, I'm like, well, I, I, I just can't sing. Yeah. Whereas if I actually tried and someone spoke negatively against that voice, I, I almost feel like it would be crushing and devastating. Hmm. And that's what we have to get around. We have to get around taking these walls down so that we can be transformed, but also so that we can give permission to other people in our lives so they can put their walls down and be transformed. Amen. I was going to say that it's so beautiful when you see someone that 
doesn't have necessarily the grooming or the attire that we kind of require for someone to be educated to speak their truth mm -hmm. and they speak it and it's mesmerizing and there's nothing you can take away from them because they're just speaking who they are. Mm -hmm. it's, it's such what's, what's that old phrase? Uh, uh, usually it's, it, it's towards Christians, but I think, it, I think it goes for all of us. Uh, we're all, we're all tea bags. And we, when you put us in hot water, whatever's inside of us comes out. I like right. the Twinkie version of it too. We're all just <laughs> Twinkies. And whenever you squeeze <laughs> the other person, you find out what they're really made out of, but it's true. It's, it's in difficult times. It's, it's in your lowest points when we actually get to choose who we are and, and how we come forward. And I, th I think it's a really powerful thing. If, if we've taken the time to choose who we're going to be in every single situation. Well, we're going to make a little shift here into rapid fire because we're running out of showtime here and rapid fire is where I ask a very, very quick question. You answer quickly with no explanation. Ready? Blue. Oh, sorry. I thought we thought Okay, we were no, no. And I will guess the question. Fourth favorite color. It's Pretty actually close. Yeah. It's your first favorite color. Um, a book that changed your life. Uh, as a man think of. Awesome. Uh, what book do you give people? What go what book do I give people? Uh, probably Bible is most that okay. I've gifted. That's what I kind of assumed. Uh, what movie inspires you? Mm, I think it's called Unbreakable. Is it Unbreakable? Yep. Uh, that was Bruce yeah. Willis. No, not Bruce Willis. No, not, not oh, Unbreakable. Oh no, that, the that? one with the war, the war where he carries the. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, that one. That's Maybe. one. That's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, absolutely spectacular. Well, we did. Uh, we did recently get Rudy, which is the number two inspirational movie of all time. He is in the Dose of Hope, the book you'll be in, Dose of Hope. Um, what song gets you going? Oh, gosh. That's... I don't think I have one that gets me going. Okay, Not so a specific about, one. I listen to so song much you music. Like to sing karaoke. Karaoke song you like to sing. Oh, I don't know if I can say that. Can I... <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not. Uh number number one choice for karaoke is uh Def Leppard pour some sugar on me. And uh let's go with uh, favorite com comedian. Ooh, that's mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you though you're in pain with how hard these are. All right, who's your hero? I mean, some of them are so uh I, I think it's I think it's a close tie. It's a close tie between uh Jeff Foxworthy or uh, uh Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. Awesome. And your hero? Well, the default would be Christ, right? Uh, Jesus. Uh, my hero? Uh, I'll, I'll be corny and, 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 and copycat um, McConaughey. McConaughey. Um, it's, it's the version of me 10 years from now. That's, that's my hero, the one that's actually showing up. Awesome. Um, What's a quote you live by? Mm, uh, Psalms 27. Some put their trust in horses. Some put them in chariots. But I put my trust in Adonai, our God. Okay. I was going to say favorite scripture. Can we do one more? Yep, of course. Or are you going to say favorite favorite uh, <laughs> favorite quote? I can, I can give another quote if you want another quote. 
Go for it. Uh, so our Earl Nightingale, uh, the definition of success, uh, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal or goal. How do people reach you? Uh, people reach me on my cell phone. They call me on my cell phone. <laughs> I don't even know that song. <laughs> uh, uh, best people that uh, best way that people reach me is at my website, uh, NathanCoaching.com. Make sure you put the www in there. No, um, actually, or I, just, I didn't want to know what it was. I just want to know the best way to reach you. That was actually just the question. Oh, sorry, sorry. Website. Yeah. Um, best 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 way to reach me is. Uh, Definitely cell phone, um, sometimes in person. If you swing by my house sometime, um, I'm there. Sometimes. All right. Well, we have one minute to close. I want to say that you are my hero. You're someone that actually lives your talk, your walk. Uh, you're inspiring. I'm so glad that I can call you a friend, but more importantly, I can call you truly a brother, a person who stands for his brother, human uh, friends and family. You are uh, you're, you're a leader. And I'm so glad that you were able to make an hour in this beautiful show to be amplified, inspire others that they can live a life of their truth of who they are. So you have been amplified. How about that? Feel a little different? (laughs) (laughs) Feel amazing. I feel like a man. So if you know anyone (laughs) like Nathan that you'd like to recommend, nominate for the Dose of Hope or to bring on the show, I will let Nathan know so he can stand in for me because you did a great job when you impersonated me. Oh, sorry. Hi, I'm Ken Roshan. (laughs) All right, so stay amplified. We'll see you next week. Keep smiling. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Roshan again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.